It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And tomorrow, of course, is Veterans Day, an opportunity for us to salute, to give thanks to our brave women and men uh, who have served in our military uh, over the years. And uh, one day just doesn't contain it. I think we need to expand it out a little bit. Uh, I like what North Ogden did. Uh, they do it for about 10 days. <laughs> and I'm not even sure that's enough. Uh, but we want you to get involved in this process. Uh, so you can use the hashtag KSL Veterans and uh, just share with us a, uh, a veteran story, whether that's a, a neighbor, a friend, a member of your family who has served our country. Help us highlight and share their stories. We'll do that throughout the program tomorrow. Again, you can use the hashtag KSL Veterans. Uh, you can also always uh, chime in on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Uh, but we really want to salute uh, our brave women and men who have uh, stood for freedom in so many different places around the world, in all kinds of complicated situations, in wartime, in peacetime, in times of natural disaster and tragedy. Uh, they are always there. And uh, as we often say, we we do stand on the shoulders of giants in this country, and often those shoulders belong to our veterans. And we should remember that the only reason we can stand on those shoulders is because they were willing to square them. They didn't shrug them. They didn't say, not my job, not my responsibility. They squared their shoulders and did the hard work and heavy lifting for freedom. And it's our duty as citizens to not only honor them on days like Veterans Day, but more importantly, uh, the best way to show that we honor those who have sacrificed and served and fought for freedom is to live our lives with excellence today to make our world just a little bit better. So join us on that. Again, use the hashtag KSLVeterans. We want to hear uh, stories of our women and men, our great veterans, and uh, how they're doing, what they're doing, how they served our country, and the lessons we can learn from that. Those are principles that unite us, and uh, we need a lot more of that in the country today. All right, I wanted to do a, a quick swing through the balance of power and how things are shaking out in a number of races as we try to wrap up the 2020 election cycle. Uh, of course, as was mentioned earlier, the uh, race for Utah's 4th Congressional District is still uh, too close to call. Uh, Burgess Owens uh, currently has a 600-plus vote lead, and uh, there still seems to be about 20,000, 25,000 uh, ballots that are out, and uh, those hopefully will come in in another tranche uh, later on this afternoon, about 3 o'clock, I think, is when we expect the next update. So we'll see how things hold there. Uh, things uh, are still up in the air as it relates to the United States Senate, the balance of power. Uh, that will come into play. And as we predicted on this program, that we would not know the balance of power until January 5th. And the reason we made that prediction before Election Day was because of the laws in Georgia, which require a candidate uh, to get 50 percent of the vote uh, in order to win an election. Uh, that's a really interesting concept. Uh, should someone have to get to 50 percent uh, in order to claim victory and to govern? 
and uh, in Georgia, neither neither candidate running for Senate. And this was also a unique uh, situation because in Georgia, they actually had both of their Senate seats were up for election. Of course, senators run for six year terms, and those are usually staggered. So you'll you know have a, a few every two years uh, that will be running for reelection. But with the uh, retirement of one senator there in uh, Georgia and Senator Loeffler, uh, taking that position for the last two years, uh, this was a special election for that particular seat. And then, of course, you had Senator Perdue's seat up as well. Neither of them were able to get to that magical 50% mark. And so both races go to a runoff. And those who are critical of runoffs uh, say, well, often the you know, the voters are tired after uh, an election. And, you know, how many will really come back? Uh, I think that's an interesting thing to look at. Uh, we had a little bit of uh, sound there uh, from John Ossoff, who is uh, taking on Senator Perdue, and uh, he had this to say. We're still in the midst of a health crisis. We're still in the midst of an economic crisis. That's what Georgia voters are focused on. And in order for us to get out of this crisis, we need to be able to govern. And that means we need to win these two elections. All right. So he's uh, he's making his case there. And uh, obviously, there are some interesting dynamics there in the state of Georgia, which, uh, again, from the presidential side, is still uh, a little up in the air. Uh, ABC, uh, excuse me, uh, the uh, Gabriel Sterling, uh, who is the system implementation manager of Georgia, uh, talked about how this could get really interesting because there were a lot of Georgia voters that uh, maybe split their ticket. There's many people who did not vote for the president who did vote for David Perdue or Kelly Leffler. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing to look at uh, in the coming days. Uh, and I guarantee you there there is going to be hundreds of millions. I even heard one projection this morning of a billion dollars going in uh, to advertising and ads uh, there in the state of Georgia for those two races. Uh, so, again, the balance of power will be up in the air until we get to January 5th, uh, which is when the new Congress, by the way, is sworn in. So that will be an interesting dynamic. Uh, but it's another one of those where the difference is not going to be overwhelming uh, because the leaders of both parties in the Senate is going to be the same. Uh, we'll break this down a little bit more uh, later on. Uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, by a voice vote today, uh, was selected by the Republican conference to continue to be the leader of the Republican conference in the Senate. And uh, Chuck Schumer is expected to do the same on the Democrats. So it's uh, here's the new boss, looks like the old boss, and uh, still gridlock in the United States Senate is uh, what we're going to have to keep dealing with. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, Lois Collins will join us from the Deseret News, uh, talking about some of the things we've learned through the pandemic, some things that we should keep, some things we ought to toss out. Find out what that is next on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.